Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Afternoon FM. Today I have... Uh, you're like a fucking resident, man. You are like, you, you're like a, you're always present at like art gallery, at like art, like openings and stuff, bro. We have Tiger Burn Bamboo. How would you describe yourself? I've always been in art shows. I'll just, but it wasn't like I planned to be that persona, I just always been following my my own inner truth, my own intuition. It just happened that way. Hmm. What uh? So I'm gonna we're uh, we're gonna be getting into a little bit of like Tiger's story, his uh his background, like uh, projects. He's hosted a couple events here at Prototype Patterson, and uh, yeah, we're gonna get into it today. Um, so Tiger, your your name is O'Neill. Correct, O'Neill. O'Neill. Wait, say it one more time. O'Neill. O'Neill. Yeah, but a lot of people have pronouncing the Spanish N. Really? So, so I, ha- I just let them say O'Neill. Okay, alright. And uh, you are what? You're. I'm, I'm first generation Puerto Rican American. My mom was born in Puerto Rico, my dad was born in Puerto Rico. Hmm. And, uh, a lot of my family from. Our receivable from my dad's side and mana de my mom's side. Hmm. Shout out to Iris Vista just joining us from the building. His boots are sick. Also from oh really? Both sides of my family. Huh. And they met in Brooklyn. Hmm. Word. And uh, you're you you're a first generation, so what you you grew up in the US? I grew up in I grew up in Patterson until I was fifteen and moved to Clifton from there. Mm. But I have spent like a few years in Puerto Rico. I spent seventh grade in Puerto Rico. And I spent like my early toddler years in Puerto Rico. What uh, what uh, what brought you back to Puerto Rico? Um, I want to try to live there because I love the island. Mm. It's more, um, uh, the culture's more relaxed and there's more community. Hmm. There's more sense of community there. Where? Where? So uh, you move back after seventh grade. What's it, what's it like in school? Like, what are you uh, what are you getting interested in? Like early on. My education background. Yeah. I spend most of the time studying creative writing. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think you you performed a couple poems and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I took. I I took a lot of um. I took a lot of different classes. I took political class. I took um, intro to multimedia class. I took a lot of random classes in college. Where'd you go? Um, Pacific Community College. Nice. nice. Um, the teacher there would always make you write like a bookload of essays. Mm. So that I I'm grateful for that because that helped help um, develop my writing. Mm. I had to charge my butt. Hmm. Um, what, uh, what do you... What do you... I took, uh... A public speech class. Mm-hmm. And everyone... Found it funny. I had, like, a plastic spider. Mm-hmm. I put it in my, in, in my sleeve. And I was talking about agnophobia. So, the spider was a t- one of those toy Halloween spiders. that had a rubber spring. Mm-hmm. So, it drew it to the audience. The audience would get freaked out. And then it would talk about agnophobia and mm. all the spiders and stuff. And... I was able to pass the class with that, like, one, like, guy. Oh, all right, word. Yeah, so, coming back to college, man. That's yeah. Right. yeah, so I always had that, always had that, like, sense of humor. Yeah. Went to go and have a... How do you think it's, uh, it's gone and uh, spiraled into your writing? Um, fluid. I think it helps you become more, fl- more of a fluid writer. Mm-hmm. And I think you sort of have to, like, adapt. And be fluid as a writer because once once people people attention spans are short. Like once they get used to your writing and your style, yeah, they sort of get like they they either love it or get bored of it. Yeah, and like most writers aren't like Henry Toll or anything like that that have that specific style that everyone loves and can never get tired of. Yeah, most people have to keep practicing, adapting their writing style to whatever. Whatever is like the zedis of the the, the spirit of like the 
of the era that time. Yeah. Hmm. You have any specific like influences in terms of books or? I loved Edgar Allan Poe, and I loved um, Jim Morrison as song as a songwriter for The Doors. Do you let you you like read the lyrics like reading yeah. the lyrics of the Jim Morrison thing? Yeah, bro. He uh he's fucking his his. You ever watch the Doors movie? Yeah, hmm. I love I love his um. But both their styles, what I got from them is atmospheric. My writing style is very atmospheric because that is what um, Egg Adam Poe and Jim Morrison have in common. Uh, Alright. Alright, bro. What kind of Edgar Allan Poe uh, pieces are, are your. Like- well, like, I like the, the story of, like, someone. He came up with, like, the first, like, thriller mysteries and like in the begin beginning of like you can sort of see how like action horror and sci-fi were beginning to build up as a gender yeah as a genre as a genre when his with his writing because yeah. he'll talk about a guy who has like the beating heart was like buried in the wall the telltale heart yeah, yeah. Telltale actually heart. I referenced that a lot man uh had to take a quick cut, guys. Uh, the tiger brought his. Uh, what's the name of your dog? Man? Sky. Sky. What's Sky? But we're gonna go into how you actually got Sky. Like going to like this man Charles. So a little more context, man. Uh, I took a train from Penn Station, Manhattan, mm. all the way towards Oregon, Capitol Falls, Oregon. I was gonna take a bus there, but I was there for a few days and it was getting too cold. So I eventually took another train towards Reading. Yeah. Then from Reading, I took a taxi to Mount Shasta. Yeah, Mount Shasta. And then from Mount Shasta, I picked her up. That's crazy, bro. You got you managed to do like Reading. Reading, it's like normally you end up at the bus station. You either get a car, or you're able to go somewhere. I lived in the mountains of Reading for like four, uh, for six years, six, seven years. It was good, man. It still, still is like my home, man. Shout out to Oak Room. Fucking, uh, and it's crazy that you, you, so you're, you're in New Jersey and you're going all the way to fucking like to, to Reading and landing in Reading. One, Reading is not straight up on the fucking, you have to like land in San Francisco, take a train up to Reading and then like, you know, I get to the, a spot where you could stay in Reading. I took the uh, the opposite way. I went from Oregon, because it went through, it went past through Denver, yeah, the north part, and then from Oregon I went down to Reading. Yeah. Then from Reading, I took a taxi cab, like a three-hour taxi cab. Yeah. So it was like, I, so the, I pretty much spent like how much money? Six. It was like. I spent maybe like $700 really? on a taxi cab. That's nuts, bro. That's pretty crazy for, for just, but why Sky? Why did um, you do it just for this particular pit bull? And how did you find the dog? Um, she's a, she's a blue-nosed uh, Stanford bull terrier. Husky mix, I believe. Yeah. She's a mutt, but like. Yeah, you drove. You like. But like, I, I, uh, you I fell in love. The I fell in love with her blue. I fell in love with the, with the puppy. She's off and so cute. Yeah. She's a. Uh, Cause I, I, there's not many like dogs with blue eyes. Mm. And like I, don't know, I just felt, I just felt intuitively wanted her. Um. I knew when I was younger, my dad promised me a dog, and then like he didn't get the dog, and it just gave me that uh, oomph that like I sort of need, want a dog now, for I didn't really want it so much. Maybe that's why, but like, I don't know, I just intuitively was really drawn to her. I always imagined myself, I always pictured myself that like the dog I wanted, uh. in my head was like, I color it red and white and blue eyes and and like a certain look like a 90s pit bull and like colonial times hound dog sort of mixed together in my head. Yeah. So I had that vision in my head for a really long time and like when I saw the dog I was like this is the dog I want, this is the dog I need. Mm. 
Right, bro. And you traveled across the country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You f- like flying, flying a seven hundred dollar taxi to to get the and how does it feel? How old is she right now? She's about to be five months. Oh. Oh, yeah. You went across for a baby. When did you go, go? Uh, October twentieth. October twentieth. Wow. I think no, it was before. Yeah, like October twentieth, and then I got her at September thirtieth. September thirtieth is when I finally have her because I was like taking the train, and then I waited for a while because the lady said, "Oh, I'll cook, I'll go, I'll meet you in college fall," and she never went there. And like I kept waiting for a bus, and there's like the buses isn't at all like is in New Jersey. New Jersey, you wait fifteen minutes, you get the bus, and like and over there. You can like a day, two weeks, and like the bus may never come. Mm. It's a completely different. It's just, we a whole different, whole yeah. different area, bro. We're, so we're, so we're we're spoiled in our in the commute system we have here. Yeah, oh yeah, the commute uh, the commute system's insane, bro. It's uh, man, I like New Jersey's. New Jersey's is pretty crazy, bro. I I, I don't have a car, so I fucking um. I take, and I really like not having a car, man, because it makes me walk, and when I walk, I can, like, take my photos. My photos are, like, what, you know, it kind of it keeps me, like, going. I mean, it keeps me, like, keeping to, I'm able to make something new, like a piece of art every day. And it's, like, I like the, the walking part of it is where I actually can get the photos, you know what I mean? It's always handed on the shit that to be. It's very meditating. Yeah, it's a, it's a meditating process. I like the I like commuting on, on on public transit. New Jersey's transit's fucking good, man. Uh, I used to live in West Patterson, and uh, I wanted to go visit my uh, friend in Reading, and it was weird. Like just thinking about like the actual travel of it, where it was like I walked down the street, I got on the fucking bus, uh, I went, I got to mid- downtown Patterson, I got to Newark, and then I went a transfer, and then I was at Newark Airport. And then I was on a plane, and then I ended up in Reading, like, the next day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or, like, the next, like, couple hours. Like, I woke up, and by the end of the night, I was in California without having... It was pretty nuts. Not having to take an Uber or any of the other shit. Uber's pretty cool, too. I, 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 I fucking enjoy Ubers. Hmm. I, I tried to take a lift there. Ubers. I tried to take a lift there, and no one wanted to go, because it was just a... Mm. It was a bump in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They're, it's a... It's a that's what I always wondered, because when I was there, like, you have to have a car. Like, in, in Reading, you have to car. I, I, had a, I had a Lexus, and I had uh, an Element, and, uh, and I had a Corolla, too, there. The Toyota Corolla was... Toyota, it's weird, because you're half, like, you want to save money on gas, and gas is ins- insanely expensive. Uh, and fucking... Uh, then there's, like, the Ford... 250 motherfuckers who like uh, who have like the really big trucks so they're going but you're traveling such long fucking distances that it's like it would be like $40 for gas like every day or like maybe like tw- 20 bucks if I was in the in the Corolla so $20 every single time you want to go to town which is like yo hang out go to a Starbucks be normal you have to spend at least $20 to get there and then you gotta buy the shit then you're in town and it's just it gets so fucking tolling bro that's the one thing, and it was just so long of a commute. Like, every single day, it'd be, fuck, 45 minutes, 45. But going from Reading to Mount Shasta, bro, that's even crazier. That's, like, because uh, Reading's the hub city, and Mount Shasta's kind of a very small city that's just kind of tucked away. So Reading ends up being this place where everybody lands. But it's such a strange town because it's uh, it's very, like, Republican-y, but it's... Uh, not <laughs> it's, it's very red it's very conservative very red it's, a, like, very, it's like, a very red you understand a little bit where like the fucking base of like not even trump but like just like where some of the republican values kind of like stand like uh it cut it makes more sense over there so like there's major cities like Reading, but then there are these communities that are on the uh on the outskirts of the city right and there's like the and the growing community. Sometimes it's filled with outlaws and tweakers and crazy shit. But the uh, the you'll you'll get where it's like there's no road where these people go and there's really no electricity. They're surviving off the grid, so they're not really actually fucking doing anything. Like the government's not helping at all. 
Like it doesn't help like pave the road. Like the road is fucked up. They're not going to send a crew member. There's not. They're not going to install more electricity into the woods type of thing. It's like it, it's not. It's just never going to happen. So nobody's on the grid, which is somewhat of a choice. So the people who are off the grid, it's like, I, I get some of them, but they do end up getting very like. Uh, there's a very close, uh, like, there's a very close fucking, um, like, tight knit like community of it, the community aspect of it. But it's uh, they are they're very mesh bonded. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, bro, it's uh, but I don't know, but yeah, Reading's a Reading's a strange place, man. Yeah, yeah I like Arkita a lot more. Yeah. It's by the coast. You see a lot of um, what people call trim regrants, like people who travel all over the yeah. world just to trim wheat there. Yeah. You yeah, see a lot that, of cross that, punk, a, gutter punk people. Yeah, there's like uh, a couple other 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 people like. Uh, They'll come from Spain. They'll come from like uh, especially Spain because yeah. Spain has it legalized, but like expensive to live in Spain, well, and they don't. And the currency is a lot lower. Yeah. Than ours. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so um, like the, they get paid way more in California than they do in Spain. So they have the experience to do it. Yeah. So a lot of locals are mad at them because they can't compete with their experience. Because yeah. it's just it's. It's always been like a hippie family down the other hippie family type of thing because it's very no one's really travel around anywhere it's very tight-knit small community yeah. area so those people have now have, that was like their whole thing and now they have to compete with people from like Spain people from England yeah. people from all over I met people from Argentina that were like just they were volunteering in Antarctica they were like volunteering with scientists in Antarctica so like literally people have been all, all the people have you, you can talk to people and experience how the whole world looks like this way talking to termigrants hmm yeah 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 bro fucking uh we spent a couple uh we spent a couple years bro fucking um just filming a documentary on the scene bro shout out to marijuana paradise but yeah, me and my buddy uh, Alex Davies at uh, Panda Rosa Production, bro. Fucking, um, we f- we filmed this whole like scene, this whole like uh, the whole the whole fucking like marijuana scene over there, and uh, it was this great documentary, man. It was good. But it was, but it was like you know, it was like living in the life in the mountains and like you know having those trimmigrants and talking to them, bro. They uh, they really do have. Uh, it's different. They. Uh, it comes with a is a lot of drama and like a lot of like weird shit that happens with these guys but it's like it's very uh you do get a perspective it's like you know it's weird to see like yeah you get like the weird people that you that you only hear about in like sunny philadelphia type yeah humor you see those type of weird people like that yeah Oof, shout out to okran fucking uh but yeah man uh mm, cycling back how'd you get the name tiger burn bamboo um it can't I was born year of the tiger element fire, mm. and I, I was one of my friends took me to a spot in Koreatown, Jersey City. Yeah. And one of the pictures they had was like uh, a tiger and a bamboo, mm. and like without the without the fog, all the steam, and the fog came over the picture. Yeah. It looked like the tiger was burning the bamboo. Mm. How do you find out? How do you find all the art events? Um, like I don't know. I I, I, I feel like to a couple people. I feel like if you've been doing this, I feel I've been hanging out with like the artsy people. I think like two thousand and four. Yeah. Two thousand and four, we hang out with like the artsy artsy people. Wait, how old are you? I'm thirty six. Really? Huh. I hang out. I've been in the nineties rave when I was like fifteen. Really? And it's cool seeing like DJs that were. We just like like a German DJ will rent out like Greenwich Village, some club in Greenwich Village, and you'll hear like German industrial punk, industrial punk and yeah. goth music, and like now it's like considered like a festy thing. Like you only need to spend like four hundred dollars to listen to the same type of 
music or spend like sixty dollars to listen to that type of guy. But back then, it really was like free. Mm. The most you would pay to go to the to hear to listen to the guy back in like the late nineties was like ten dollars. Mm. You, you could spend like a warehouse and spend maybe like fifteen twenty dollars the most. Yeah. It wasn't like sixty, eighty, hundred, four hundred dollars like you spend now. Yeah. I mean, like, what's the most uh, enlightening thing that you, you feel like, uh, like what? Uh, I lived in a school bus when I was and spent in Gaberville. I was hanging out in Gaberville in California. California, nice. And huh. I lived in a school bus, and I. When did you venture out to California? I mean, I'm not going to continue, but yeah, not like. But uh, I was hanging out the there's this guy called um. Steve Hogg or something like that. I forgot his name. But like, he he's a Alabama. He's from Alabama and he's a train hopper. So I thought that was like super Dixie, mm. right? But like he he started a a non freeze a non a non profit group called Volunteers on Wheels. So yeah. like he would just ask people. To like, so I did community gardens stuff like that. But like to go to the to get some contests on, on why I was living in a bus, but like, we went towards Oregon. Mm -hmm. he, he's gonna get a job um, trimming weed or something. So we went by Kiev Junction, Oregon. And on the way, he, he, this guy in a Grateful Dead shirt with a water bottle, like, dude, we love your bus. Here, here's some sunshine. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is sunshine? And the guy was telling me, it's acid. <laughs> I'm like, because it was like, random, you give a water bottle, I'm like, hey, some sunshine, I thought he was just speeding high or whatever. Yeah. So I drank, like, I drank the water bottle, right? Yeah. And on their way, I was just, um, I was able to see colors, get the patterns and rainbow colors, and by the time, and as they, when he would end up, he ended up in the forest, I saw a hawk flying up in the sky, during dawn, when the sky was on fire, yeah. falling down, it fell right into a, uh, a hollow tree. And my mind just turned into this random symbolism. It just felt like, it looked like an angel just falling out of the sky, burning into a hollow tree. And I, I, uh, I felt like that was like, emotionally very intimate for me. Because I, I read a lot on druidism, so for me it felt like a, a religious experience. Mm. It felt like a spiritual symbolism for me. Mm. That's beautiful, bro. It's beautiful. And I, yeah, there was like a lot of bark scorpions and like big blue flies and the water was super clear enough you can clean. There was like really weird flowers and stuff. It was a very beautiful place just to walk in and mm -hmm. experience, especially when you're coming down from it. Yeah. But that, that but that that um experience was like very spiritual for me. Mm. Alright bro. I lived in a bus for like six, seven months. A school bus? Yeah, it was a school bus. That's dope, bro. I uh you like the end of the wild type of shit? Yeah, I was in the wild type of shit. I, I kinda lived in the same shit man. I uh when I was in Los Angeles, bro, I, uh, I, I lived, one, I lived in a van. I fucking, uh, I, I fucking landed in Los Angeles and I was going to stay with my sister and then fucking, uh, I went to South LA and then I went from South LA and uh, they tried to like, there was like a weird thing with the landlord. Fucking, uh, he wanted to raise the rent like fucking insane amounts of money. Fucking, uh, so I, I, I moved into uh, a van because I needed a place to stay like fast because I needed to still like live out there. And I lived in a van and then I, I got back into an apartment and then I had another apartment Then I had another apartment for a long time and I finished school. And then I went up to, to LA and uh, I did my first year with my buddy, like kind of like taught me how to grow weed and shit and fucking like, you know, how to like live off the land, shout out to Alex Davies. And then uh, the next year I fucking, uh, I, I lived in a I lived in a it was off the grid like in a in like an RV. I was like fucking it's weird, bro. It's, it's a different uh it's a different like it's it's there's a sense of freedom in it that you really uh you really have like no other. 
it's a little bit of like you know, you can go and like you know it's not as glamorous as a lot of the fucking like the like the TikTok bullshit. It's like you know, van life, like hashtag van life. Like, I mean, it's like it's just like you get like you do get a sense of freedom though. It's very. It's more like shame, like that that TV show Shame. Shameless. Well, yeah, Shameless was yeah. the Gritty Dirty. It's more like that than like glamour. Yeah, that's yeah. more realistic towards like the living off the grid than like. Well, if you're in like <laughs> fucking encampment, like, yeah, encampments, <laughs> but like you know, if you're in like there's a whole community, but like there's the South LA, LA was LA was pretty shitty sleeping in the van. LA was hard sleeping in the van, but living in like uh, in Northern California, there's like different like if if I if I did, it would be like. It's uh, it's it's weird, man. It's like if you're like sleeping in the van and you're going and you're seeing things and you're doing things, it's like a different feeling because you're you but you have to stay nomadic in it. But the how was school bus? It's complete school bus, and you're, were you were parking and driving it. Um, the guy was parking and driving. Those other volunteers we helped. Oh, where I got I got this really cool thrift jacket in Seattle from volunteering there. Right. Um, I how would say these, these, these I would say the sunset. I miss the sunset of over there though. Sunset the sunset is very beautiful. beautiful. The most beautiful sun I ever seen was in Southern California by Victoria, mm. up in the mountains, up in the high mountains by the Joshua trees. Mm-hmm. Seeing the the sun rise up and the moon, it was very beautiful because the Joshua trees almost look like hands coming out of the yeah. dirt, and like the sun. They, it looks like a giant dinner plate right in front of your face. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. I miss, uh, I, miss, uh, I miss the sun. That light over there is absolutely gorgeous. You can take... Light's beautiful here, too. You could take the most beautiful, gorgeous... Like photos. Photos. They'll look like something from a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Look very cinematic with the crappiest camera yeah. in, in Southern California. It's the light that's doing the majority of the work. It's not necessary. I mean, the camera does a lot of the work, but it's like, it's the eye of the person who's taking the photo, and it's usually like the quality of the light. So the quality of light in, in California is bar none. Is like bar none. This guy, this place, the light is cool here. All I'm saying is like, nah, it's just, it's like, it's really, uh, it's like playing with a different paint over here. Like yeah. If you're, if you're painting, and in like in Los Angeles or like in NorCal, you're painting with like very vivid, vivid like purples and fucking like you'll see when it hits the fucking uh, when the magic hour happens. It's some of the most beautiful things you'll ever see. I took in I took really beautiful picture inside of San Francisco Aquarium mm. by the by the Fisherman Wharf. Mm. I took really beautiful pictures. Inside the place, I feel like everyone. If I, I feel like even if you go inside and the sun's not even there, the pitch everything just looks more colorful. Mm. Yeah. Um, the second most beautiful sunset I've seen was in was by Saint Petersburg, Flo- Florida, Indiana, Indiana Rock Beach. Yeah, they have seashells. They call it, the locals call them turkey wings, but like they're very iridescent. You yeah. see lots of purple and gold metallic. The colors are already metallic. Yeah. You see like a metallic purple rainbow in the seashell. Yeah. By, I mean, California, Northern California, they have seashells. They have like metallic colors too. Yeah. And it's like bloom. I still have some. Mm. Some of the seashells, they're beautiful. Because I like to rem- I it's almost look like jewelry. It looks like what? The jewelry, the oh, shells jewelry, there. Yeah. yeah, I like collecting shells. Mm. All right, bro. What brought you back to so you went over to California? Like, well, right? like I lived in Southern California in Victoria Beach. I was I was helping this guy out. He yeah. was he was recycling trash. Yeah. So I, was, I did that for like a month and a half, and I got like I got the softest pillow I ever had from that place. Hmm. All right, bro. And you it, it almost felt like a side quest. You know how you, in the video games you do random side quests, and the side quest gives you like a really cool like item for it. Yeah, that's why I feel like Southern California was. It was some random side quest. I got 
they need to do to get the cool pillow. Yeah. Right. And like, and Calif- Northern California was to get like the acid and like see the sunset and like. Bro. And writing was to get the puppy. I feel like I feel like I. It's always a side quest. Yeah, I feel like I, my life will. I haven't really started like a main quest. It was all just around side quests to get the cool random items. What do you think the uh? What do you think the quest is now for you? Right now, I'm trying to write a book. I really want to write a 300-page chapbook. Chapbook. Yeah, I want to write a poem, but I want the poem to have a theme that ha- that vaguely has like a short story to it. Yeah. But also be a series of poems. Hmm. So I have one poem that was featured in Jersey City Theater that has a beginning, middle, and end, and I have an idea because uh, I call it lim- Liminal Drive. Yeah. So I'm going to picture up a, a guy in a car because I feel that I want I wanted to go with lo-fi music. I want to be able to read the poem yeah. with lo-fi music in the background. So like, so the imagery I have is like a guy driving and as he drives, he meets all these different characters hmm. and th- all these different characters and stuff he experienced or stuff that I went through. So I can write about my poetry about while living in a bus, when I was living in Southern California. Yeah. All these different side quests I do will make will fit better as the main as a, a different pieces where the guy is doing driving and yeah. it'll go well with the lo fi music. That's really what I really want to do, but like my HDD will get me like an idea and then I'll forget about it and then, so I made a, a Instagram account called Lumino Drive Blue Hour and I post little, just street photographies of like car driving and sunsets. Right. Like a mood board. Like a mood board, basically, yeah. Oh, to keep reminding myself. Nice, dude. And I have another one called Lumio Drive, with an underscore in the middle, that has like a picture of a manuscript, example of a manuscript. Yeah. So I pin in those, so I can to keep myself accountable. Keep yeah. myself reminding me I'll have to use. Because right. Lumio Drive Blue Hour, after 400 posts, Instagram said won't let me post anymore. Oh, you said we like, dude, it's censorship. Yeah, they're yeah. like, you post too much, you post too much, you're posting too much. So now I get Luminal Drive with a manuscript pen. Because I already have, uh, I already made a picture for the cover. I already have a cool picture for the cover. I already have different pictures. And I, 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 and I already have like, uh, Authors that I feel inspired by that are really popular now. Mm. I I have um I think her name is Mary. She well, she was so she's one of my Facebook friends and she wrote a poem they got that won a contest and I really like her style. She has it feels like very intimate but also like binicky. So like I was reading a lot of her poems over and over again to get like inspiration to get like, cause my writing is very atmospheric. Mm. I want to try to write more binicky like that. So so it, it's a chat book, but also a way of me trying to grow as an artist. So it's also also a journey for me growing as an artist, trying to write more in a style I like. Cause I seen that's I seen that style a lot in Brooklyn. Mm. In Brooklyn and I open mics, I've seen that style a lot everywhere. Yeah. But like when you hear it all the time, it's hard to like study it. But like if you have it, if you have it written down and you're able to see it and read it, then it's a lot easier to like absorb it hmm. than just hearing it. So I'm just so I'll read it and I'll look at different on street photography pictures. Mm-hmm. To visualize it as well, mm. so because I, I learn things by visualizing it. Mm. So as I visualize it and I read it over and over again, I visualize it and read over again. Eventually, my conscious mind, I feel like, will get like the uh, the gate of it. Yeah. And then I'll be able to like write it. Nice, bro. Holy shit! All right, so so you like you you're visually visually stimulated to be able to write. All right, bro. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm like that too. With me, it's it's a for a lot of the screenplays and shit that I've done, man, fuck it, it's usually music. I hear uh, I hear a specific song, 
and I'll take uh, it'll it'll create a scenario. It'll like you know, music has a has a form uh, of of taking you like and like there's like theme music. There's like you know compositions. Like you know, what I mean the soundtrack music and shit like that. And you know, music is designed to put you in a certain place. But it's like I'll start with like uh, just jamming out. Like I make like a playlist of the of the movie. Like I kind of like you make like an album. But then you kind of generate the movie throughout the album. You know what I mean? Because the album and it's not even an album, but like as a mixtape, the mixtape in itself is telling the story. So if you're going and say you have, I don't even know, like for like philosophical pimp, philosophical pimp was uh was like the soul the soul song. Let me see. Um, a couple of them will, like it'll inspire the visuals for me, and when they inspires the visuals for me, then the, the visuals are inspiring the writing. So I usually I usually revert back to music and shit. But yeah, that's I rem- I remember that's my like anchor in, in screenwriting. Yeah, I remember when people used to date by sending mixtape to each other. That's how they used to flirt. I ha- I actually paid my uh, I paid my student dues by selling mixtapes. It was just what I, you know what I mean? Backpack selling. Yeah. I, at one point, man, I was, I think, the DVD guy when I was younger. You know what I mean? I was like, uh, I worked in tech office and I would just burn all these DVDs. I, I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier today. Fucking, uh, I worked in tech office and I would just burn DVDs and like CDs and I would just like resell. I had a shitload of movies too. I was just like a bootleg DVD guy for a while. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, it's just, but, yeah, bro, but, uh, I don't know. It's weird because that, like, selling those things man got me like really into like you know i started like just burning fucking movies i would download torrents and i would just make dvds to be able to play them and it made me like really uh start looking for cinema like 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 learning and and finding new movies 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 will inspire a lot bro very they're like it's like for me man it's like weird like all these like little things like you said like how you're saying like doing side quests like like afternoon is like a side quest to like you know what I mean the street photography is like a side quest to making a movie and then like you make the movie and the movie is just this like this form it's a but it's a lot of like exercise in order to be able to make the movie you know or maybe a lot of pre a little bit of both but but sometimes you get to make the movie bro and it's just such a fucking beautiful thing like you know just yeah man I'm excited to hear about that project, bro. That's a that's a pretty bountiful task, but you know I think you could do it. Definitely do it. Yeah. Cause like, ChatGPT is actually helping me learn different writing style. Cause you get if you put in a writing style in it, and and ask it to explain to you how this is. Yeah. And what makes this this, then it tells you what it is, and then. It helps it helps to dissect different types of writing. Yeah. Like when I put it in my writing, when I used to read it a lot, people called it archaic. But when I wrote it down, the machine said this is a very atmospheric, psychological piece. And that was a really good critique. Like I never really thought of it. So like, I see it more as a. It, it helped. Is I don't think it's smart enough to like really do anything right now. But it's good enough to like help you learn your own style and different writing styles for me. I'm learning a lot from it. Alright, bro. Nice. Alright, brother. What uh hmm. I mean I haven't really I remember warehouse from the nineties to early two thousands. I remember going to Brooklyn yeah, what's to the, the Burning Man parties. Yeah, you've been to Burning Man. I've been to the Burning Man parties in Brooklyn. There's a lot of burners there. Yeah. So I, I Have you always, been to Burning Man though? Yeah. I haven't yet. It's like it's four thousand dollars to go in. You know, yeah. so like I don't have the money for that. Just to be in the desert, just to get bitten by flies and bugs yeah, and stuff. Like, just to deal with the sweat. I'll go to the desert and trip out of my own. Stuff. You know, like I've been to regional burns in Florida. Really? It's a it's it's a fucking it's a strange community. It's weird that that energy comes up and shows up in this one like area you know what I mean like it's a festival and I think it gets very uh, I, but I, I like the philosophy a lot of it I haven't been to Burning Man yet but I feel like I don't know it, it's just, it just feels like 
once things get planted in Brooklyn, yeah. it sort of becomes like more measuring and spreads out everywhere. Yeah. Like I feel like Brooklyn's one of those like hot spots where like I feel like things start in the West Coast. But yeah. it doesn't become mainstream. It becomes mainstream once the West Coast goes into Brooklyn. Once the West Coast stuff goes into Brooklyn, and then it gets spreads out the rest of the world. Because mm. mm. like, I feel Patterson's like a- got a weird hot spot. Patterson? Patterson's like fucking. It's strange, bro. Like a little bit like Reading too. Reading's like one of those like little small towns where it's like. I, there's not a, actually there's not a lot of art scene in Reading. There's just a lot of people who are like trying, like you know what I mean. Like, it's uh, it's not like you know, trendy. But there's a big coffee scene and there's a big like Christian scene. And there's like uh, like uh, what is it? The fucking Bethel people, the Bethel Catholic people. But like uh, Patterson's scene is uh, Patterson's creative energy has been like there's a there's always the city has always gotten like a weird history of like. Uh, the first summering, first tonic summering was in Patterson. Really? By Little Falls, by water, the waterfall, the hmm. waterfall. Yeah, by the by Great Because those mountains were strong enough to withstand if they exploded or something. Yeah. And there's bats in Patterson too. There's little the waterfall. Patterson's like, I feel like Patterson could be his own like Fallout game map. Has all these like, <laughs> random things in it. It is now, bro. Sometimes, sometimes it's getting it's getting a lot but, better. It's gotten way better. I like I I miss the art fact. I used art, art factory. Th- yeah, there used to be people that do art art shows at the Ivanhoe. Mm-hmm. Ivanhoe used to have like, open mics and art scenes there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened to the Ivanhoe? Like, Ivanhoe shut house? down. But like that. Yeah, was- I heard a lot. Of, I heard a lot about it. There was a talk of uh of people like uh bringing it back but I don't know I don't know what what the deal is with it Ken was uh the guy behind it yeah what was his name I forgot his last name but his first name is Ken Ken I'm sure if you google Ken at Ken uh, Ivanhoe Ken, Ken, Ken Ivanhoe on Facebook it'll appear yeah. um Self Perpetual used to do open mics there Oh, what, a fucking Daniel Martin show? Yeah, he used to be, that's where I met him, if I was yeah. Iron Hill. We just went to go and just do bass and, like, fucking sing and jump. Yeah, and our factory was a lot more friendlier. Mm-hmm. In the in early 2000s, the way more friendly. They used to have a lot of art shows, a lot of art events. I used to have, I, um, my paintings were just, were at art, art factory one time. Mm-hmm. Cause they were very friendly, open to like everyone to have their art shows and stuff. They're very at the beginning. They're the beginning of the, the very beginning. Fact. They're very open. And then once they're, I think. Everybody tells me this guy's an asshole. Well, yeah, cause like in the beginning, well, it was I'm very not, open. I'm not to, I don't know the person. I don't know. Either, Everybody tells me the guy, the guy who's the other factory is kind of being it is like very, very short-tempered guy. But I, I don't know. This I can't really guy. say because I never met the guy, but like I heard the same thing. Yeah. From yeah. a lot of people. I know it's, uh, I mean, he's doing a lot of shit. I mean, I Walking Dead yeah. was there. They had a music show. They had a music video there. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, had a lot, a lot of, of big names. A lot of big names went to that area, and then I guess it's a like, big wedding spot too. Yeah. So it's like if you're shooting, if you're doing a wedding around. Uh, but it, it it's sad. But it's, it's weird because the Ivanhoe is so close to it. You think it would be like they would start opening shit back up like that. I. I mean, I in the think big, now with I this. wish, I wish Ivanhoe was adopted into the art factory, and they still did art shows with Ivanhoe at that place. That'd be amazing. But, but the same freaking time, I feel like nature always balances itself, and I feel like because Ivanhoe and art factory died out, prototype came in to replace it. Mm. So it was like nature repolishing itself. Mm, yeah. All right, bro. That's cool. Bro. Yeah, man, fucking. I, I feel like that means I feel like that way to me because it was like Ivanhoe and Art Factory, and then they died out. It's a whole different. It's, it's, a, like, it's, it's different, a weird. It's a different beast, bro. It's a Very different, different beast. It's like. Uh, but I can see how Alex and John were Burning Man, and how they that influenced them, and then that influenced Pearl's hype. Yeah, yeah. Because they had a lot. Of, the artwork feels like Fallout. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it yeah. feels like a, a like a pirate ship got crash. Yeah, and then you upcycle like the aliens. pirate ships, and then you turn into some 80s Fallout type thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Word, bro. It's fucking dope. I like when he does add light to it. When that lights to it, it's, it feels like almost like a like an upcycle stained glass. Yeah, yeah. John's John's an amazing artist, man. You, the the, pro, the name prototype goes super well with his with his art style. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Where? That's the best name you can give to his art style. Has. Did you go to Six Sixty at all? Like back in uh, the Jersey City days. Like yeah, and back that's where I met Irish. I uh, with Irish. Okay. I first met Irish at um I met him. I didn't. I wasn't as close. He was like a guy that was there. Yeah. But I met him at. Jersey, uh, newer, newer had an art scene, uh, Seed Gallery and Index art scene, hmm. and I met them. I met him when that was there. Yeah. Then I met him again at Alex Gray Chapel mm. of Mirrors. Yeah. In upstate, I met him there again, and then I met him. And then after I meet him there, I met him again at Studio Six Six Studio. That's like I was like, oh, you're here. Yeah, such a small community. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Very, it's it's, yeah, it's so so cool. Yeah, but like, it's getting more condensed as, as time goes by. What do you mean? Like, like, the art scene was way big, with warehouses and like factories and open mics. But then, as t- things get more expensive, the people who see as therapy was really. Who see who do see it as a spiritual thing? Mm-hmm. They stay in, but the people who just were just there for the trends and stuff, they sort of move on and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, the art becomes more. The people become the people that are there for a while. People that have been for a long time who've seen it all, and then they share their experience with the new people. So in that sense, it becomes more like a condensed soup. I feel like. Where, where, bro? Huh. That's why I see it with like Generation Z, like they they don't really have their own thing. Their thing is very much like stuff we did when we're in, when we're in our youth, right? And then they mix this stuff with they like and they add in their own stuff, yeah. like Tom the Mailman. That song is his own thing, but you can see influence from like the early two thousand type rock and mm-hmm. like some like and the the way the guy sings sounds a little bit like. You can see like the early 90s in it. You can see early 2000s in it. It, feel, it has that vibe, but it's a completely different song. It's its own thing. It's its own genre. It's its own vibe, but you can see the influence like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then that retrospect, I can see the art scene around our area sort of like that. From like stuff that as things get more expensive and things get more con- things get more condensed. Mm-hmm. That's why I mean when things are more expensive, it's more expensive because like they can't really pay the same amount of money we did, but because it was a lot cheaper for us, we're allowed to experiment. Mm-hmm. So they just take. It's almost like they take our experimenting thing, as sort of like base research to do their own thing. Yeah. Because yeah. they can't afford to research and experiment. Yeah. Because so, it was too expensive. So they let the artists go in first, and then they start to capitalize. So they, on. yeah, because everything I've. Because what I don't like about gentrification is that they use art as a weapon when it's like some it's something supposed to be a spiritual, it's yeah. supposed to be a ritual thing, but they sort of like weaponize it, and when the town gets super cool and poppy and people want to go in because they love the culture, they take away the culture, and you by pricing the people, by pricing the people out, and people can't live there anymore, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a clickbait. Yeah, it's not very yeah, clickbait because yeah. people go there for the culture, but the culture's not there. Yeah. But they want that they want to say they live in <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn. That's awesome, they bro. want you to say they live in Brooklyn. Brooklyn cool. is like a brand. Brooklyn's like a McDonald's brand, yeah. right? Because like everyone's going to Brooklyn, they want to go Bushwick, they want to go House of Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morganville. Yeah, they want to do that. Or, or Ridgewood. Yeah, or the keep know. in Ridgewood is a popular place too. Really? Yeah, no, I lived in, I lived in Bushwick, but um, Bushwick was uh when Bushwick became Bushwick because of that show Girls. Yeah. And fucking uh Man, it was weird. It was uh, it was like you know, this place was like a hood, like you know what I mean. But now it's so close to the proximity of Williamsburg, where everybody, you know, it's like this like trendy fucking yeah, fucking yeah. thing, going in like Bushwick went through gentrification. I think like around like 
fucking 2008, 2010, and now it's like you can't even make anything. It's like every single loft is like impossible to make anything. And like I mean, it's just so much about rent and so much about whatever that it's like you're priced out because of the thing. So it just ends up attracting all these yuppies who don't really bring anything to the culture. A lot of the times, man, the art is like getting like reflected off of like you know just people's like struggles and it's like you know going in and you have these people who are fucking like kind of they haven't really like but then there's great artists and i'm not fucking shooting hours i'm just saying like fucking like it's just like this this it you're putting so much pressure on the person to actually come up with uh with just like the money to, to be able to just keep like the thing and fucking uh the art is like kind of taking a toll on that you know what i mean it's like it's uh it's the pressure to sell instead of somebody to actually being able to fucking uh to to be able to like make the piece you know what i mean it has to be like the the, the amount of like risk and fucking whatever for that it has to like it reflects in the art because there's that like there's a sense of urgency in the, in those in those cases because of this pricing out and it's uh I don't know, man. It's fucking you can hear it in music too. The music from the seventies, eighties, they had their own thing. Yeah. But now music, even the early two thousand, people that with like the new metal, emu, whatever it's called now. Emo rock. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's sort of like electronic and sounds all the same. So it's not very official. Mm. So I think I was talking about this guy in a train. They grew up in Denver. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how. Denver used to be all warehouses, mm-hmm. used to be very hood. You used to be able to live, pay six hundred dollars a month to live in Denver. Yeah. Now it's three thousand, five thousand yeah, dollars. It's a whole place. It's in Manhattan now. Yeah. It's became Manhattan. Yeah. Same thing that happened in Brooklyn and Manhattan. I remember when I lived in Brooklyn, man. They used to have advertisements for uh, uh, move to Detroit. There was a lot of advertisements in Bushwick that were like, just move to Detroit, you'll get the same fucking warehouse and whatever. They were trying to like, not clickbait, uh, what's it called? Like a redirect, like a website redirect. Yeah. Motherfuckers to, uh, to, to, to Detroit because Detroit's a housing market and they wanted to get that like, you know what I mean? They wanted to be like, oh, if you can't fucking do this, go this, this is, and there, there would be a lot of, and they were serious fucking like, you know, advertisements of like yo move to Detroit New Jersey's got that right now with film uh, they we have, we offer tax incentives to be like a redirect of, just uh, I think this just this month bought Netflix I think just this month Netflix bought Fort Fort, Fort Myers yeah yeah for yeah a shout out to shout out to David Schoner he's a film commissioner here he fucking he's uh the governor Murphy is really really lenient on uh, on a tax program uh, for film and uh, and that's good. That means Hollywood's returning back to New Jersey because it started here. Yeah, yeah, we, we're actually getting Hollywood <laughs> back. It's pretty nuts, and it's also that gentrification—not gentrification, but like that pricing out, man. Like, so I I moved back to Patterson because of my family, and it's like my heritage and everything's all here, bro. It's like my family's home is here, and uh, it was strange because you know I always I love the city. I love the city like so much. Like it's just, it, it's a feeling I get here because I feel like I'm home. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, like uh, Sook City people call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking a lot, but it's a place called home, man. Fucking uh, what's it called? So, uh, and coming back and spending this whole time in California, coming back and like. I, I always made films, like you know what I mean. I always like I went to film school out there. But the thing is, when you're a filmmaker in uh, in Cali, it's like you know, dime a dozen, motherfucker. Everybody wants to be the next director, or fucking act. You know what I mean? It's like in New Jersey, there's more. There's a philosophy behind film, where uh, John Cassavetes, who got thanked last night by Steven Spielberg on a. Uh, on the fucking Golden Globes, because Fablemans just like kicks some ass and fucking just grab like every uh, grab the. I have to watch it now, fucking. But anyway, so uh, John uh, Steven Spielberg was once a PA for this director called John Cassavetes, right? And he would go and get coffee, whatever. And John Cassavetes is, is like the godfather of indie film. Like he he like pioneered like American New Wave, all this shit, and uh, he he has a philosophy on film where it's like you have to make pieces that are like it's like a having fun it's like having like 
you know, the intimacy of friends and your friends creating something. Uh, you know, like, I have that here because I have, like, my friends, my, like, people I grew up with the most. Like, going over there, it's a transplant thing, and you're just, you're directing, but you're directing, like, people that are, like, either going in to be casted. It's, like, it's more of a, but it's, like, you know, here, like, you know, we're free to, like, make art and, like, and, like actually, like, jam. You know what I mean? That's a fucking, that's a, that's a privilege, bro. But to come back and be home, but to see that industry leave because there wasn't there was like you know we'd get there's new york you can live in new york and fucking do it but now there's in a new fucking york film you can go in new, in new york right just walking down the block i always get passed by people who are filming something really? and then i'm like wait i'm sorry a lot of like, there's a lot of film a lot of film in puerto rico and early not in, in new york oh new york like, yeah and during the summertime yeah i would I, I would walk i like walking and just going new things in the city yeah and I would bump into like an actor, yeah. And like um, and they like, oh, I'm like, wait, what? Well, sorry, I didn't you? I didn't see anything. It's like theater. Theater in New York the- is a very like. There's a lot of people who are in the theater over there. Yeah. Uh, and then like, in New- uh, in L. A. There's a theater scene. It's uh, it's pretty big. You know what I mean? There's like a lot. I of, think like, it's dying out because of COVID. Though, the glory scene. I saw a lot of Broadway. It's amazing. It's a good art. What, uh, which one? The fucking the theater scene? Over there. They had, there was a couple, like, really cool playhouses, man. Like, there was, like, Sacred Fools in East, East Hollywood. Uh, there's still, like... But the, 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 the clubs that are really... The clubs over there now are now, like, the institutions. Where it's, like, Second City. And Second City fucking just preps... You're gonna be the next Chris Farley, buddy. You know what I mean? It, like, preps people like it. But there's, there's still, like, necessary... Like, you know, they're very good, like, instructors and shit like that. But there's uh, learning acting, like... Act, act, acting in Hollywood is like you're you're obviously working in film. That's our like you're going toward like there's a scene for you know like you know plays plays going over there, but it's not as big as uh, the New York scene is. Like there's like fucking it's like you know there's a lot a lot of uh, but there's a there was an old like agency saying where it was like you know they would go and you would get somebody. This is the whole thing of flying out to flying out to LA. But when you're in like that ecosystem, I feel like you're just always working. But it's crazy to see it come back to uh, to New Jersey, man. And it's like to get like different you know different perspectives. And it's what uh like Netflix filmed The Irishman here, and I think you know they either saved a lot of fucking money doing it. Jim Jarmusch did Patterson, but he kind of like always always filmed around the area, and it wasn't even like uh, it wasn't like a tax thing or anything. He just like he lives in the Lower East Side. He just comes to Wayne and like you know parts of New Jersey, and like I guess hangs out with like people over here, and he just uh, he'd film over here. But it's crazy because uh, here in the Lower East Side, feel like they have like a very common like bond i don't know it's like this feeling of like uh just like an energy that i i feel that i, I have in, in patterson and the lower east side lower east side's very like quaint and fucking you know there's a there's a there's a push to to make things yeah word yeah i mean like there's some phonogenic places here like the bridge by Essera Queens. Yeah. At nighttime it's super beautiful. Yeah. The the view of the city from Gu- from Gutenberg. Oh Gutenberg, yeah, I lived in Union City for a long time. Yeah, those yeah. are really beautiful places that are very fun jagged area. If you get in the right time you can take amazing oh. view of the city. Yeah. The Palisades around here. Yeah, everybody tells me about the Palisades. I don't really I haven't been a lot, but I really wanna go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Palisades is really beautiful. Yeah. See the, so you can see the sunset and like the city. That's like one of the most pleasant places around this area. Mm-hmm. Where, bro? I, I used to bike ride a lot. I would bike ride from Clifton towards Brooklyn, cross mm-hmm. the bridge, see the sunset, just see the sunset and the sun reflect out the buildings. But mostly I would bike ride to the mall, by Garden State Mall, mm-hmm. a lot. I miss that. I miss. I miss the mall rat scene. In the yeah, there was a huge mall oh, rat. Scene. A huge mall rat scene. There was tons of mall goss. Yeah, yeah. You don't see them kids. anymore. You don't see yeah. them anymore. They, they, is that COVID? Is that COVID? Is a fun. Well, like before COVID. Before COVID. Like, I think the last hint was there used to be two arcades that were open all the time in by Willowbrook. Fun and games. Fun bro. and games. And then when that died, the scene started start dying out. 
and it was cool because you would meet people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make friends with people, and it's a very. Well, what was important about that scene? It was you get really rich upper class people that had depression. They'll talk to really poor people that didn't. Huh. And oh, like kids from Caldwell would meet yeah. kids from fucking Patterson and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's very surrogate. You see, you see really rich people in Wayne, and you see really poor people in Patterson, and yeah. like they're all mixed together, and they'll bond in the house parties. Like mm. my my mom's going to Spain this month, and I have the whole house to myself, so I'm gonna join a house party this weekend, and people will go in and hang mm. out and have fun, and that'll give you enough time for them to fix everything, and clean everything up, and for just for social, just it, it broaden people's horizons. Yeah. those those uh those spots like that. Yeah, where there'll be some person here and then one person here. You meet people from Cedar Grove. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, it made me. It was a window to. You didn't felt like you're from New Jersey and knew anyone from New Jersey until you go to the Mossy and then you talk to different people from different New Jerseyans from different towns and see how different the culture is. Different the vibes are all different. People yeah. from Cedar Grove have their own thing. People from Passion have their own thing. People win their own thing. It's not as homogeneous as a TV makes it sound like this yeah. New Jersey and Morris. Yeah, they make it very sound very homogeneous. Nah, it's all different homes. Different homes, because there's different classes too. There's like the yeah. upper middle class there, and so like that's what got me into more and like going Miss to activism fun. and going to like that feel like that gave me a sense of class consciousness. What? Class conscious. Class conscious of the area, because I didn't know how like, because I thought me growing up in Patterson. I thought it sounds silly seeing it now, but I thought shootings were normal. The gangs were normal. So that was just how everywhere it was. Yeah. And talking to someone like, dude, that's crazy. That's not normal. Yeah. And saying, and then telling me, don't your family go on vacation? I'm like, no, that's not normal. And then yeah, like, yeah. so having conversations like that, because because people who are live upper think that's normal. Yeah. And people who are low think that's normal. Yeah. But talking to people, say, wait, that's not normal yeah. for me. Yeah. It raises your consciousness. Yeah. So you see the world from a different perspective. Right. That was a very important thing for the community, I felt like. People laugh at all as it's like, like a film, Kevin Smith movie, and that's about it. But like, those are, New Jersey has more malls co- collectively than anywhere else in the world. So it was a, it was a big part of the culture here. Mm-hmm. That brings me back to when I was a kid, man, just going to Willowbrook. It was like, uh, you know, you would, uh, being like a high school kid going through fucking like a mall it was like it was weird because you know you never didn't know if you'd see your friend or if like you know what I mean it was just a small like collective scene and it'd be uh yeah it'd be nuts like that man you know what I mean? like I don't know but going and like seeing like how like everybody how we were all just acting like as kids man we were all just like coming from these different backgrounds yeah I don't know oh, cool it brought me back my bad bro I fucking yeah. forgot like, like fun and game, fun and games was such a wonderful place. I'm really sad that place like closed down. It's uh, but it's uh, it's just all. I haven't been to Willowbrook in years, fucking years, bro. Yeah. That's what that's what like, yeah. Amazon gives you convenience, but doesn't give you the sense, sense of culture as a mall does, and all yeah. the malls are dying out. Hmm, it's shitty. I mean, if, I feel like actually not shitty. I, mean, I, don't I feel like I don't know, Amazon just wins. Is that, is that what it is? It's just Amazon just wins. But like, if Amazon wins <laughs> and AI wins and chat, because with ChatGPT, it gives you like, you can sign lawyers, doctors, everyone's going to put with AI than what people need to survive. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's more convenient. Yeah. To all these tools are very convenient. It's interesting. But like, if you can't even do a painting, or direct a movie, do anything that's artistic, because like, AI can do that too. Yeah, then, like, that's the fucking problem. It's like, it's, it replaces, it's just replacing humanity. Yeah. But what's people going to do? Yeah. AI can do everything. It's like, that's what, I feel like that same energy is what like, Amazon did with the malls. Yeah. When people, yeah, when people talk just about, drop off points, you don't even have to go anywhere. Get out yeah. of here. Here's this fucking, guy. Okay, that's crazy. Mm. Anyway, all right, word. Uh, shout out to Tiger Bamboo. Thank you for coming on afternoon, bro. Uh, 
check us out. Uh, you want to shout out your Instagram handle? Um, my Instagram handle is tigerburnbamboo underscore. Mm. I have tiger bamboo, but like I haven't been really using that much because like I feel like I've been jamming that one because mm. I post a lot. So yeah. then now I have tigerburnbamboo underscore. I'm also if you are aware of Clubhouse uh, audio, a social audio app, I'm a founder of Reframing Trauma. There, I talk up a lot. I have a lot of friends who are like, who are psychologists and therapists, and I and I like, especially during the pandemic, I feel like people really needed that. Mm. So yeah. I talk a lot about stuff like that there. Where? Where? So uh, thank you for having me. Thank, thank, thank you, you for, for coming, bro. You're awesome, bro. Alright, thank you so much guys. Have a good one. Afternoon FM. Bye bye bye.